Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. I know it seems rough right now, but you still are in your right mind. I know it seems rough right now, but you still got food on your table. I know it seems rough right now, but you are still got clothes on your back. I know it seems rough right now, but you can still have breath in your lungs. The Bible says, let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. So if you can do this, you have something to be thankful about. And so in the Amen. Let's get into the word. Turn with me, if you will, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. I'll be reading verses 9 through 13. Again, that is 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 through 13. I'll be reading uh, the New International Version. Let's see what the word of God has to say for us today. Amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. And we also thank God continually Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Uh, For the time that we get to spend together today talking about the word, I want to talk a little bit about we are better together. We are better together. There was a professor that was looking to determine some of the differences between humans and chimpanzees. So he conducted some experiments to note the differences. Uh, He had some three-year-olds face a challenge. They had to pull together some ropes. And when they both pulled on the ropes, a whole bunch of gummy worms or gummy bears would come raining down on them and they got to eat a bunch of candy. Uh, But the experiment later on started to give one child more candy than the other child. Uh, And what would you have thought would have happened in this experiment? Uh, a fight, a meltdown, somebody pointing out that this child got more candy than me. No, no, no. While the three-year-olds were unsupervised, if one got more candy than the other, they shared 
No meltdowns, no tantrums, no fights. And there were a number of other studies that were done that pointed out the same conclusion. Human beings, at least as young as three, have a desire to cooperate. Despite what you may see going on around the world, they have a desire, an inborn desire, to come together and work jointly towards the same goal. We are better together. This Duke professor was named Michael Tomasello, and he was an expert in the field. And he says that his research revealed that we want to cooperate because it's mutually beneficial to do so. But we also want to cooperate because we want to distribute the spoils of our joint efforts fairly. Because we ought to. He uh, later wrote a paper about what he called the human chimp gap in 2001 in a paper uh, in a magazine called Nature, which is one of the lo uh, world's leading science journals, rather. Uh, and this experiment, he had another one go on where these two or three-year-old children were in a room without adults, and they had to come together to pull boards towards them uh, with a rope. And when the board got close enough, there were four toys on the board. Uh, but the way the board would go, it was like a seesaw. So one child, even though they both pulled on the same rope at the same time, doing the same work, one child would end up with three toys, and the other child would end up with one toy. Uh, the lucky child got the three toys, and the unlucky child got the two toys. Uh, I mean, the one toy. And uh, every time the lucky child got three toys, they gave the unlucky child one toy so that they would have two toys each. Uh, they did a parallel experiment with chimps, and uh, the lucky chimp never spared or uh, gave their reward to share with the unlucky partner. They took whatever the reward was, whether it was food or toys, for themselves. Uh, for humans, it was about restoring equity. For chimps, it was all about grabbing what was available to be grabbed. And Tomasello wrote in a recent paper, The Moral Psychology of Obligation, that the most uh, basic comparable fact is that in situations of free choice with rewards for both partners identical, the three-year-old children mostly collaborated with the partner, whereas the chimpanzees mostly chose to go it alone. We are better together. I also read a story about Sidney Poitier. Uh, when he came to the United States, he got his first job was a houseboy. And it was an old gentleman that worked with him in this house and showed him how to do the job. Portier watched how that man worked and received what that man passed on to him. And Sidney Portier said that even though he could not remember the man's name, he remembered how hard that man worked and he remembered what that man passed on to him. And Portier would go on to take that work ethic he learned from somebody willing to mentor him on his first job into the rest of his jobs, even as he became an award-winning actor. We are better together. 
Uh, you might say that uh, cooperation and working together deepens a sense of we. Uh, the notion that we are all in this together and because we're all working together, we all deserve a share and cooperation is a quality worth celebrating on this All Saints Day. When we remember all the holy men and holy women who have worked together to continue the ministry and the mission of Jesus. The, and, uh, Paul thought about this in his letter to the Thessalonians. We understand that we are not here by our own work. And even if we are here by our own work, we think we are working off of work that was done before us. Our fathers and our forefathers, our mothers and our more mothers, our foremothers, we are all working off of people who pushed us a little further. We are all better together. Ah. His first letter to the Thessalonians, Paul prayed that God would so strengthen their hearts in holiness that they may be blameless before God the Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Paul was trying to tell the church that we were better together in 1 Thessalonians. It's one of the earliest letters Paul wrote to a church Paul had experienced before Thessalonians suffering in Philippi. Acts 16 tells us that Paul and Simon, or Silas rather, were, were beaten up and put in prison in Philippi because they casted a demon out of a woman that was doing divination and fortune telling and making some business owners there some money. And so though because they messed up the flow of the money in Philippi, they got beat up and put in prison, but that didn't stop Paul from going around founding churches. He went and founded another church in Thessalonica. Uh, and that is where we get this letter to the church in Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians. But the problem was he, Paul founded this church and then he had to leave in a hurry. And while he was away, the Thessalonians were persecuted. And Paul was worried that because he left in such a hurry and uh, was not there, he was worried that number one, the church in uh, the Thessalonian church would feel like their pastor abandoned them. And number two, he was worried that because they may feel like their pastor abandoned them, that they might also abandon their faith. Uh, the Thessalonians were being persecuted. They formed this church in an area where there was competition for religious worship. There were people worshiping other idols during this in this area, and there were people that had craft, craft rather, and trade guilds. And those craft and trade guilds came together and had religious elements to them. So you had people that were literally worshiping their job. So you had people that were worshiping idols. You had people that were worshiping their jobs, and then on top of that, you had imperial cults going on. There were imperial cults, which meant these people worshipped, <clears throat> they worshipped who was in government. Well. 
They had began to form cults around who was in government. I, we say Jesus is Lord today like we say I'd like an extra fries with my value meal. We just say it so commonly. But that statement was scandalous back then because people were saying Jesus is Lord because people were saying, people started saying that were believers Jesus is Lord because the people back then were saying Caesar is Lord. So this was in strict competition with the government and those who worshipped the government. Can you imagine somebody wanting to put a government official that high in their lives? Can you imagine somebody thinking that God appointed this person to be uh, the emperor of Rome and the emperor that is oppressing all these other countries? And not only that, but also that thinking that that person who is sitting in that seat is worth worship? Uh, the Thessalonians were experiencing just that. But instead of just being called unpatriotic or somebody going on a Facebook rant, they experienced real persecution. People who believed in Jesus, the Christ, back during those times were being dropped in boiling oil. They were being crucified upside down. They were having people run into their homes while they were worshiping and killing them. They were getting beaten. They were getting put in prison. They were experiencing real persecution, not the fake persecution that some people feel like because somebody says happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. That ain't real persecution. These people had real persecution and they were trying to find and found a church during these times. The Thessalonians experienced serious oppression. The Thessalonians were trying to do the work of God and worship God with their very lives on the line. Uh, sometimes when you are stuck in a bad situation, the best way to move forward is to look back. Paul tells them in the text that they should remember the labor and the toil. They should remember how hard everybody worked while they were with them. Paul says in the midst of the struggle, uh, Paul and the leaders of the church said that they worked day and night in order not to be a burden to the church or anyone else. Now, I looked through all the commentaries I could, and I looked and looked through the Greek and all of these things, and the only word that I saw for when, they were, when Paul was talking about being a burden was financial. Ah, they, they, they worked for the church, and they... Uh, they dug deep. Uh, Paul and the church leaders, in order to found the church, they, they, uh, they, they went deep in their pockets to support the church. <laughs> there, there was no other, other translation, no other explanation, no debate amongst the scholars. He was clear about it. Paul and the leaders of the church, those who were there to get this church going, those who were there to found this church worked together, they worked hard, and they made sure to put in to the church, Amen. not take out. Uh, so in other words, uh, if we were going to make some fancy word for it, they had a stewardship campaign. 
They made sure to make that their tithes and their offering were taken in. And not only did they make sure of that, Paul and the church leaders worked hard for the church and they preached the gospel to others. Their lives are on the line. They're being chased all over the place. There are competing religions that have government backing around them. But these people with their lives on the line and their physical safety and well-being in harm worked to support the church and preached the gospel to others. The government was pressing against the people. Trouble on all sides and their response was to keep working and preach the gospel, keep evangelizing and putting in to the church. Rough times did not weaken the Thessalonians' faith. It did not stop their walk. They were committed. They were persistent. They didn't give up and say, well, I can't see how we are going to get out of this, so it doesn't make sense to do it anymore. They worked. They supported the church, and they worked to support Others. Paul has a format to his letters. There is almost always in his letters a portion of thanksgiving. When Paul thanks God for what God has done and Paul thanks the other people who are working at that church and gives thanks to them. But in this letter, this Thessalonian letter, there is so much that Paul is thankful about that it takes up almost the entirety of the letter. Paul looks at the situation and thanks God continually for the work that is still going on in spite of the surrounding situation. Uh, He says, I know it looks rough right now, but you still woke up this morning. I know it seems rough right now, but you still are in your right mind. I know it seems rough right now, but you still got food on your table. I know it seems rough right now, but you are still got clothes on your back. I know it seems rough right now, but you can still have breath in your lungs. The Bible says, let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. So if you can do this... You have something to be thankful about. And so in the midst of all the struggle, in the midst of all the trials, in the midst of the beatings, in the midst of the government oppression, Paul still said, thank you, God, for what you've done to me. And he said, if you ain't even got any of that, if you can't thank God for the breath and the being in your right mind and the activity of your limbs and clothes on your back and roof over your head, if you just can't thank God for all of that, you can still thank him for the word. Uh, yeah, he, he, he says that we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. So if you can't thank him for anything else, thank him for the word, uh, because if I ain't got anything else, I know the word lets me know that weeping may endure for a night, but joy still comes in the morning. I know that the word can tell me that, that, that no weapon formed against me shall 
prosper. Uh, I know that the word tells me that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver us from them. I know that this word will let me know that he who performs a work in you shall perform it until completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. The word lets me know that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up wings as eagles, run and not get weary, walk and not think. I can be thankful for the word. The grass withers but the, and the flowers fade, but the word of God lasts forever. Uh, if Paul can thank God continually for the word because of the people received the word, then so can I. The people of God worked. They were better together. So they, because they were better together, they worked to support the church. And because they were better together, they worked to support one another. And they also were better together and they worked because the word of God, the work of God, and God is working in them. Uh, the reason the people of God back then were able to still work even though things around them were bad is the same reason that we should be able to work right now even though things around us are bad. While the world is falling apart, they had a reason for the people of God in, Thessalonians, in the Thessalonian church to continue working. And we have that reason as well because they have a power that is greater than them working on the inside of each of one of them. Paul was trying to give them the help to let them know but they had already had the help they just didn't realize it yet if we are going to lead a life worthy of God we are going to be challenged to follow the path of Jesus and become the people that God has called us to be that means receiving the word of God as the Thessalonians did but also seeing that God's word is already at work in us God wants us to be the head and not the tail God wants us to be above and not beneath. God wants us to be the lender and not the borrower. God wants us to be blessed in the city and blessed in the field and blessed when we come and blessed when we go. That's what the word says and we want it to work in us. God wants us to be able to work better with one another and cooperate with one another and he sends this message he sends this message through Holy Scripture and through our bodies, hearts, and minds for the word to be at work in us. We are better together. Just like there was somebody, Sidney Portier was watching somebody, watching them work and watching how the things were passed on. He took them. There's somebody watching you at work as well and how you work and they are taking whatever work you are passing on are you passing on evangelism or are you passing on I don't want the church to get too big are you passing on stewardship or are you passing on the church already got money we don't need to give no more well. uh, are you passing on sharing the gospel of Christ with everybody you possibly can, or are you passing on somebody else will tell them about Jesus? I don't have to. Are you passing on worshiping the creator, or are you passing on the choir needs to sing the songs I want to hear? 
Are, are, you, are you passing on uh, this word was good for me? Or are you passing on pastor stepping on my toes? Are, are, you, are you passing on uh, participating in church things and supporting the church in every way possible with your time, your talent, your treasure, your prayers? Or are you passing on, I ain't participating in nothing and I ain't coming around, I ain't calling nobody and they better not take me off the roll? What are you passing on to the others watching you? As believers, we got to be willing to co- be willing to cooperate with one another. We got to be willing to share the word of God. We got to be willing to work to support the church. The Bible tells us that the power of God is in us when we do these things. That power that helped Christ come down through 40 and two generations is that work in us. That power that helped Christ live a life we couldn't live is in us. That power that went with him all the way to the cross, Golgotha, Calvary, a.k.a. the place of the skull, that power that he rose again on the third day with in his hand, that same power that did all that is at work in us while we await his return. We are better together, but we are better together because Christ did the work for us, and it's up for us to live it out. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simp Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching and God bless.